0: Unbelievable. Never thought it would happen. I've been there. I've been outside Sydney Opera House, perhaps the most recognizable edifice in Australia, and to have just days after the slaughter of the innocents in Israel on October 7th, to have Muslim Australians chant, gas the Jews, gas the Jews. But it's not just Australia. It's right outside the White House. It's half a million on the streets of London. It's 100,000 in Paris. Finally, decent people. People on the side of civilization have had enough. And we saw the wonderful images of those in Washington, D.C., who said, no, we stand by Judeo-Christian civilization. Can the good guys win? How serious is the threat, the insider threat? Let's talk to a lady who... Well, she's the Cassandra who's been warning us for years and years and years. And now she's sadly been proven right. The founder of Act for America, an amazing woman, Brigitte Gabriel. Welcome to America First.
1: Uh, Thank you, Sebastian. I'm delighted to be back with you.
0: All right. So for those, let's start at the beginning. Um... Sadly, you have been proven right, but let's share your personal story and why your life journey puts you in this uniquely qualified position to explain to all of us what the real nature of the threat is today. So give us give us the story
1: of Brigitte Gabriel. Uh, thank you, Sebastian. Well, the reason why I can understand why they were shouting death to the Jews in Sydney, Australia and around the world is because I grew up in a culture that taught nothing but this in my lifetime as a child growing up in the Middle East. And this is exactly why I have been warning about this for the last 20 years plus, warning about the hatred that's coming towards the West and where it is coming from. You see, I was born and raised in Lebanon, which used to be the only majority Christian country in the Middle East. Most people don't know that, Sebastian. Most people today that watch the news, they look at Lebanon, uh, a, a terrorist country controlled by a terrorist organization, Hezbollah, funded by Iran. They think Lebanon has always been like this, just another Islamic radical terrorist country. It's not true. Lebanon, when I was born into the country, was majority Christian. We were very open-minded. We were very 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 TOLERANT, WE PRIDED OURSELVES ON OUR TOLERANCE BECAUSE OF OUR majority Christian people in the country, the foundation, the Judeo-Christian foundation. We come from a Christian background, which taught, do unto others what you want others to do unto you. So we welcomed into our country Palestinian refugees that were expelled from Jordan when King Hussein bulldozed 30,000 of them and brought them. uh, And and we were the only country to accept the third wave of Palestinian refugees. Um, That was the beginning of our demise, because we imported people into our country who did not share our values. My 9-11 happened to me in 1975 when Palestinian radical Islamist blew up my home, bringing it down, burying me under the rubble wounded. I ended up in a hospital for two and a half months. And I would ask my father as I laid in a hospital bed going from one surgery to another, why did they do this to us? And my father would tell me, because we are Christians, they consider us infidels, and they want to kill us. So I knew since I was a 10-year-old little girl that I am wanted dead simply because I was born into the Christian faith and lived in a Christian town.
0: And I what is what is up. the reality of, of your uh, the land of your birth today? Can you describe the fate of Christians? Because people don't realize that whole area of that region, North Africa, the Middle East, was Christian before it was Muslim. So what is the status of your homeland today?
1: Well, today uh, the majority of the Christians fled Lebanon when I was born. Into what? Into it was over seventy percent Christians. Today they are almost less than twenty percent. Actually, the Lebanese Christians are refusing to take the census for the last so many years since the war, because you know the the, the, the government in Lebanon, being a republic, we are a republic exactly like the United States. So uh, we elect our representative, and the way the government is structured, because of majority were Christians. We're supposed to have a Christian uh, president. Uh, 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 The prime minister was supposed to be a Sunni uh, Muslim. Uh, The head of the military is a Christian. And ironically today, uh, Lebanon has not had a president for the last year. Uh, And right now, just this last week, uh, Hezbollah refused to elect or allow the election of the leader of the military who is also supposed to be Christian. So right now, Lebanon has no president no head of the military, so basically a terrorist organization is running the country. Uh, but you know, Sebastian, as a Christian raised in the Middle East, and any Christian raised in the Middle East, in any country in the Middle East, we all are raised with this phrase, first comes Saturday, then comes Sunday. First we kill the Jews, then we come for the Christians.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and with regards to this phrase that uh, this is countering colonization, this is fighting back on the occupiers, I'm just going to state something very obvious, and please, as a person from the region who suffered for, at the hands of those who wished to exterminate you for your faith, if the region was Christian before it was Muslim, Then who exactly is occupying the territory, Brigitte?
1: exactly who exactly is occupying the territory and that is the Islamic invaders uh, who occupied the territory and most people do not know history Sebastian that's the problem in today's world uh, we are the first generation everybody wants everything instantaneously Americans don't even know their own history let alone anything about world history uh, uh, you know uh, and when we see this hatred towards the Jews you know it was Islam it was actually the Yellow star when people think that yellow star associated, for example, with Hitler. The yellow star was an invention in Iraq by Khalif al-Mutawakkil, the second Khalif of Iraq, who invented the yellow star to identify the Jews as they walked down the street. Remember, the majority of the Jews lived in Iraq before the spread of Islam, conquering them and expelling them and torturing them and rendering them as second-class citizens. What Hitler did is basically a year later borrow an Islamic invention, the Yellow Star, because he was working with the, the Mufti of Jerusalem, Hajj Amin al-Husseini, and that's how the Germans took the Yellow Star and applied it to the Jews. So this is And, and, there, and there, aggression- are, there are
0: photographs of Hitler with the Mufti, and there was even a Nazi brigade of Muslim right. Nazis. I mean, people don't, have no idea of the collaboration between the Third Reich and the Muslim world.
1: Uh, Exactly. So... Islam spread by the sword, Islam conquered uh, uh, countries in Arabia. And as they conquered nations, they changed the name of the cities. Look, Yerushalayim became Al-Quds, Al-Quds, you know, is not the Arabic name, is not the name of Jerusalem. But as they conquered different cities, they changed the names of those cities. As a matter of fact, while many people think, you know, Lebanese are Arabs, we're not Arabs, we're Phoenicians, we speak the Aramaic language. As a matter of fact, today, if you go into any Christian church across the globe, whether in Lebanon, Australia, America, Canada, our liturgy is recited in the Aramaic language, the language Wait. that Jesus spoke. So when I pray, I pray in Aramaic. Uh, people don't realize that. So when when uh, Islam conquered areas of the Middle East, they changed the language of the people because what's a, what's the best way to eradicate a culture is to change the language of the people in those cultures. So not only a lot of people converted to Islam, but also changed the language to the Arabic language.
0: Uh, Just listen to what this lady just said. Her people, the original people of Lebanon speak Aramaic in their liturgy. That is the language of Jesus. Not Hebrew, not Greek, not Latin. It was Aramaic. We're talking to a true warrior princess, Brigitte Gabriel, the founder of ACT for America. I'm Sebastian Gorka. If you enjoy the deep dive with real experts with like Brigitte, real newsmakers, make sure you are subscribed. Go to whichever platform you prefer for your podcasts. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review. Share the links with your friends and if you support president trump and if you want him back in the white house we've taken his photograph his booking photograph from atlanta we put it on a yard sign on a t-shirt on a mug with a very simple phrase trump 2024 get it today at seb GorkaStore.com. that's s-e-b-g-o-r-k-a store.com and more important than that please support him directly at donaldjtrump.com that's donaldjtrump.com Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released. Plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? The end of financial privacy, big government able to see your every purchase. Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency, gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653, midasgoldgroup.com. First, there's one condition. One condition for anything that could happen and the good things that could happen once this war is over. And that condition is that Hamas must be destroyed. Cartago Delenda Est, he's leveraging, the Prime Minister of Israel is leveraging the phrase Carthage must be destroyed. But this time it's Hamas. Can it be done? What is it going to take? And what is the real driving force behind this threat? Let's return to our discussion with Brigitte Gabriel, Act for America. Uh, before we, we drill down on what happened in October, on October 7th and in the last uh, four or five weeks, will you uh, tell all of our listeners, you're talking to about three and a half million people across the country, what is Act for America, Brigitte, and why did you create it?
1: I started ACT for America because I wanted to sound the alarm about the threat of radical Islam to world peace and national security. And I created ACT for America because after 9-11, 9-11 was a defining moment for the United States. 9-11, we all did the same thing. We, If you were close to a television set, you parked yourself in front of that TV. We were all broken-hearted. We were all devastated. We could not believe somebody could hate us so much that they would hijack airliners and fly them into skyscrapers with the intention of killing millions flying airplanes as human missiles. My daughters happened to come home that day and my youngest daughter was around my age and she looked at me and she said, Mommy, why did they do this to us? And I found myself, Sebastian, looking into my daughter's eyes and repeating to her the same words my father said to me when I was a little girl laying on a hospital bed in Lebanon, a 10-year-old little girl, and I said to her, they hate us because they consider us infidels and they want to kill us. Here we were two generations apart. I was a young Lebanese girl she's a young american girl i spoke arabic she spoke english 8000 miles apart two continents apart 30 years apart And I had to repeat to her the same word. That day was my defining moment. That day I vowed that I will do everything I can to make sure that my daughter will never, ever look into her daughter's or child's eyes, yet unborn, and say to him or to her what my daddy said to me and what I had to say to her. That day I was reborn as an activist. I decided to start Act for America because I wanted to not only educate but mobilize millions of Americans to understand what they can do to protect the country. I'm proud to tell you today, Act for America is 21 years old. We have helped pass 210 bills on the federal level and the state level to protect the country. We have activists on the ground. In 98 percent of U.S. counties in America, there are 3,140 three counties. We have activists on the ground in 3,007 counties nationwide. I urge people to join us. Go to actforamerica.org. I name the organization Act for America. Not think about America, not hope for America, not pray for America, but act for America. Because you can think, you can hope, you can wish, and you can pray. But without action, nothing happens. So I encourage people to go there, sign up to receive our emails and action alerts. We notify you when there are bills coming down for a vote on the federal level and in your own state, where we need you to take action so you can make your voice heard. You can take action with our Act Now campaign with a click of a button. Uh, By the way, we have a campaign now, I Stand With Israel, signed by over one million people. Go to Act for America, take action on that campaign, and make your voice heard.
0: I love this. That's exactly the attitude we need. Not just good thoughts and prayers, but action to save America. If you want to do something also for those who are suffering in Israel, uh, God bless all of you who've raised more than $300,000 for the Benai Zion Hospital that is serving those who were attacked and their families. You're literally saving lives today. If you want to make a difference, please go to healthcareforisrael.org donate. That's Israel israel.org slash donate uh, brigitte I, I kind of i feel like this is a bit of a therapy session for me and i'm going to kind of <laughs> open up to you because you know what i did for almost two decades prior to the trump administration my job was to educate the u.s military law enforcement and the intelligence community on what the threat of jihad is exactly what what you were doing yeah. Um, the first book I wrote, Defeating Jihad, is is really the reason why I ended up in the White House as deputy to the president. And I felt we got somewhere, especially after President Trump said, OK, ISIS, destroy it. And we destroyed the caliphate in just a matter of months, a threat that Obama had told us we just have to live with and get used to. I I, I wanted to leave that life behind. I mean, I love my job. Uh, I love radio, the domestic political fight, Fighting for our rights here, uh, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, the right to life. I don't want to be selling my book, defeating jihad again, and it's more relevant than it than it ever was. I, I wrote it eight years ago. How is it? Help me out. Be, be my my psychiatrist for a second. How is it that we are seemingly not back at square one? It's worse. It's worse because now, all over America, we have pro-Hamas demonstrations and white Americans, ostensible Christians, pulling down the posters of kidnapped children. How did that happen, Brigitte?
1: Uh- because when we were talking and warning about these things and i bet if people read your book sebastian it will be as if you wrote it yesterday uh you know it's amazing if people read my book uh, that came out in 2006 titled because they hate which is about my journey from israel to the united states you would think i wrote it last month when you and i were warning about these things sebastian <laughs> people did not want to believe us not only they did not want to believe us they attacked us they called us islamophobes yeah. they wanted to pass laws that would block us from speaking to those who needed to hear our message. People in the Pentagon, people in the White House, the military, the FBI. As a matter of fact, I'm sure, you know, like you and I, we used to speak to the FBI, to that Central Command, uh, you know, to all these government agencies before Obama got elected. As soon as Obama became elected, my lecture was immediately canceled at Norfolk um, uh, Naval Base. I was supposed to, the launch of my second book, They Must Be Stopped was supposed to happen at the Norfolk Naval Base eight days before the launch, the Norfolk Naval Base cancelled it because Obama got elected and he said, Nobody like you and me, we were not allowed to talk and my my slides anymore.
0: My unclassified slides on the ideology of Al-Qaeda were magically classified. Nothing in it was secret. Nothing was classified. And magically overnight, as soon as Obama came in, it was, no, 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 you can't talk about that. That's classified. We're talking to Brigitte Gabriel. It's like we've gone back in time. Please go join right now, actforamerica.org. And if you... Appreciate what we bring for you here on America First. Make sure you're following us on all the social media platforms. We are everywhere that matters. Just look for Seb Gawker or Sebastian Gawker on Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler. Get it, Telegram. You can watch us. Yes, we are a televisual treat on the Salem News Channel app or on the Roku or Fire Stick devices. And don't forget my Substack for exclusive content from me and access to me. Just go to sebastiangawker.substack.com. That's my whole name. There's one word, SebastianGorka.substack.com. Do it today. doesn't cost you a thing, and you'll be up to date with the breaking news all the time. Whether it's the regular Hellcat or whether it's the compensated RDP with that miniature red dot, I love them all. How did it take so long to invent a factory compensated subcompact 9mm? Well, guess what? Springfield did it, and I'm a huge fan. And I'm Sebastian Gorka. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory is still the smallest, highest capacity micro compact in the world. Available in standard or optics ready configurations, the class leading capacity of the Hellcat gives you 11 plus one with the standard magazine, and 13 plus one with the included extended mag. The definitive concealed carry pistol is here. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory gives you the capacity to defend. If you enjoy what we provide for you here on America First, please support those who make it possible. This isn't NPR. We don't get half a billion dollars of your taxpayer money. We're supported by great, great patriots like Mike Lindell, friend of President Trump. The left detests him. Why? Because he's a patriot. He loves America. Support him today, celebrating 20 years of My Pillow, the pillow that never gets hot and never loses shape. Over 81 million sold. Yes, they are that good. I rest my head every night on one of his pillows. But did you know he's got more than 200 other items on his store, all made by Americans here in America for you? Find out today. Use my name for up to 66% off at MyPillow.com. Don't buy that Chinese garbage at Amazon. Call them up, talk to a human being. How nice is that? eight hundred eight two nine eight four six eight. That's eight hundred eight two nine eight four six eight. 829 dot com but you've got to use the secret code G O R K A. Okay, let's let's get down to, to brass text, Brigitte. Um What what will it take? What will it take? I, I keep hearing this in the last uh, four or five weeks that oh this is it. 1400 Jews slaughtered, children, girls, women. This is it. The, the, the Democrat voters, the secular Jews are going to realize that the Nazis are really on the left. The fascists have become part of the squad, the Democrat party. Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib. And you know what? God bless everybody my friends i couldn't be there i was you know in florida god bless everybody who went to washington yesterday an amazing amazing feat but i don't know if it's going to change anything what what's it going to take if 1400 innocent people being slaughtered give me your your honest prediction and expectation
1: well, look, uh, the world still is not waking up, and Biden is still not waking up. Biden is still pressuring Israel. He doesn't even want Israel Israelis to defend themselves now on the northern border with Hezbollah. He is basically the shackles around uh, Israel's hands. So I do not know what it's going to take for the Jewish people in America to wake up and realize that the own, their own party and their own groups that they supported for years have turned against them. Even with the Black Lives Matter, look, the majority of the supporters of Black black lives matter were jewish donors yeah. and i can only imagine their shock their disappointment uh, uh their heartache for them to see how black lives matter turned against them as well as many others unfortunately sebastian and i'm being- being realistic here. I was speaking to some friends of mine in New York the other day, and of course, they're Jewish. They love Biden. They love Obama. They still cannot see that, that it's these democratic policies that endangered Israel. It's these democratic policies that have empowered The crazies that we are seeing on the streets of New York, of Washington, D.C., of Los Angeles, of San Francisco, demonstrating against Israel, demonstrating against the Jews. It's these democratic policies that empowered the crazies on our college campuses to demonstrate with such pure hatred and evil against the Jews in our own country. They are still blind to it. And I just hope and pray that the Jewish community is going to wake up to realize that people like you and me and people like President Trump is not their enemy. We are not their enemy. We are their best friend. Uh, And it's going to take only someone like President Trump, not someone, it's going to take President Trump coming back to power to bringing the world back to peace, to putting the genie back in the bottle. Remember, when President Trump was in office, Iran was on life support. life support they they were when when
0: when we were in the white house thanks to what president trump instigated that sanctions regime including the proudest moment in my career in the white house when uh, we told the president yes he's right he has to cancel the jcpoa obama iran deal and in front of the whole cabinet he said yes i'm doing it people forget The largest state sponsor of terrorism, that is Iran. Look, there's you know, lots of Sunni yeah. terrorists out there and people sponsoring them, but the largest state sponsor of terrorism is the Iranian theocratic regime. As a result of those packages we put in place, we brought Iran to its knees. The regime, it was, it lost, for example, the stock market. The Iranian stock market lost more than 40% of its value in one calendar year. They were that close. To collapsing, meaning the people of Persia yeah. could get rid of the theocrats, the murderous mullahs. And of course, what's the first priority when uh, Biden comes into the White House? It's revivifying, it's resurrecting Obama's Iran deal. And then we know about the $6 billion, the $12 billion, on and on and on. That is the horror of this current regime that truly hates our friends hates America, and loves and supports our enemies. Join today. Go to actforamerica.org. Uh, check out her book. She she told us many, many years ago, Because They Hate Us, A Survivor of Islamic Terror Warns America. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, one-on-one. Coming to you from our mobile studios. Yes, it's, it's Tampa. It's Florida. We are delighted. We're very grateful to everybody here, to Zuli, to Robert, the whole team, AM 930, AM 860. FM 93.7, the answer. But wherever we are, it's a reliefactor.com studio, Relief Factor, pain relief that works, pain relief that's real, pain relief that is liberating over a million Americans right now, me included. Yes, I had a low back pain issue that plagued me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor, and two weeks later, I was pain-free, and I'm still pain-free almost five years later. That should be you. That could be you. There's only one way to find out. But it's so very, very easy. Order the three-week quick starter pack at com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you like it works for me and a million of your fellow Americans. If you've tried everything else and failed to find relief, You owe it to yourself. Call today, 1-800-4-RELIEF. That's 1-800-473-5433, or just go to relieffactor.com. You deserve to find out if you could be the next success story. That number, number 1-800-4-RELIEF, or just go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com on this my pillows 20 year anniversary with over 80 million my pillows sold mike lindell wants to thank you by giving you the lowest price in history on their my pillows you will receive a Queen size my pillow for just nineteen ninety eight. Regular price sixty nine ninety eight, and just ten dollars more for a king size. You will receive deep discounts on all my pillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, and use promo code Gawker to receive this amazing offer on the queen size my pillow for nineteen ninety eight, or call eight 800- hundred. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A, or call 800-829-8468 today. MyPillow.com, code Gorka. Have you heard? We've announced it. It's the trip of a lifetime. If you missed our amazing tour of the Holy Land last December with 350 of you, our dearest, dearest listeners, it's okay. We've planned the next trip. We're going to Alaska. It's the Patriots Alaska Cruise with me, Sebastian Gorka and my muse, Katie, and some very special surprise guests. I'm so excited, I've never been to Alaska. I've never been on a cruise. It's crazy, right? Join me, we're going to have some amazing discussions on the situation in the world today and what it's gonna take to take back our nation, take back our country. Next summer, June 29th to July 6th, book today, or just find out more about this amazing trip to Alaska with me, Katie, and a few hundred of your closest friends here on America First. Go to SebGorka.com today and just click on the Patriots Alaska Cruise. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, SebGorka.com, and the Patriots Alaska Cruise. All right, um, let's let's educate some people out there or give uh, ammunition to our dear listeners to educate those who are needing of education. Um, What's the truth about Palestine, about Hamas? Is this a political problem is this about self-determination and why is it it's so weird we're talking about a country of what nine million jews surrounded by 260 million arabs why is it that the arab states have built a wall around gaza and aren't accepting any more refugees i'm a bit confused help me out brigitte
1: Well, look, the Palestinians, everywhere they go, they cause problems. You know, King Hussein, look what they tried to do with King Hussein. They tried to overthrow King Hussein when, 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 uh, in the early 70s. That's why King Hussein bulldozed them, kicked them out. They called it Black September, because King Hussein said, I'm not putting up with this. He killed them. He expelled the majority of them out of the country, kicked Yasser Arafat out. Yasser Arafat came to Lebanon, destroyed Lebanon. They used our democracy to destroy our democracy. Used our laws to destroy our our republic. You know, remember, Lebanon is a republic just like the United States. So everywhere they go, they destroy. That's exactly why the Arabic countries do not want to have anything to do with them. And by the way, this is not about any self determination or a two state solution. And I always like to remind people, Sebastian, when the PLO was founded, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. The PLO was founded in 1964. Three years before Gaza or the West Bank were in the hands of Israel. In 1967, Israel captured Gaza, not from the Palestinian country, Israel captured Gaza from Egypt. Israel captured the West Bank from Jordan. A Jordanian flag was flying over Al-Aqsa Mosque. A, a, an Egyptian flag was flying over Gaza. How come they were not calling them occupied territories back then? They were Egypt and Jordan. Yeah. How come Egypt and Jordan are not asking for these territories uh, back? Can, can I just the-
0: add something? I don't want I to interrupt you in the middle of your flow, but, but can we be factual about what what Jordan is? It's completely artificial. It was created by the Brits. If if anybody is, I mean, if anybody doesn't have a thousand year or four thousand year right to the territory, it's a country that was created out of Transjordania, out of the British decision to make a country, to literally make a country. People need to understand the history of the region.
1: Right, and they don't. And that's why I say what the PLO was created in 1964, it was created to eradicate all of Israel. All of Israel. They wanted to throw the Jews into the sea and throw away the key. That's why they were created. So now when you see people talking about the the 75-year occupation, what 75-year-old occupation? uh, Gaza and the West Bank did not count. They wanted to kill all the Jews because they hate the Jews. Sebastian I was born and raised in the Middle East. Arabs are fed the hatred towards the Jews from their mother's breast milk. This is how much they hate. Obviously, the Christians, we I did not grow up to hate because I grew up in a Christian household that loved everybody. And especially after the war, you know, I spent, after my house was bombed, I spent from 1975 till 1982 living in a bomb shelter, seven years underground in a bomb shelter without electricity, without water, and very little food. Our only savior was Israel. So we knew that Israel was our friend. I lived in the security zone, in the buffer zone, which ironically Israel now is talking about going back into Lebanon, 30 kilometers into Lebanon, and creating a buffer zone in order to protect the northern part of Israel so their population can come back. So this hatred in the Arabic world towards Israel is towards the Jews, and it goes back to the ideology, it goes back to the religion. Remember, Prophet Muhammad on his deathbed told the, the, the Muslims to kill the Jews. You know, if there's a rock, uh, you know, and one of the last uh, 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 verses in his um, before he died, he said, if there's a rock behind the tree, the rock will cry. If there's a Jew behind me. Come and kill him. These were the last words of Prophet Muhammad. P- That's people, why they people, hate the Jews.
0: I, I actually quoted that um, on the show yesterday and, and people also need to do a little bit of theological uh, analysis. Um, Many religions have an apocalyptic future prediction. If you read Revelation for Christians, it's there. Uh, So does Islam. What is is judgment day? What is the apocalyptic vision of the future? (laughs) If you don't believe me, if this blows your mind, don't take my word for it. Don't take Brigitte's word for it. Just look it up. Islam teaches that Jesus, who's not the Son of God, he's just a prophet, will come down from heaven to do what? To kill the Jews and the Christians. That is their vision of the end of times. This is what this religion preaches. If you go just to one passage, chapter 9, verse 29 of the Quran, which is meant to be the word of God, not scripture written by evan- by evangelists, literally the word of God dictated by the angel Gabriel to the illiterate Muhammad. It states, chapter 9, verse 29, after the holy months are past, hunt down the infidel and kill them unless they submit, pay the infidel tax and become second-class citizens. That's the word of God, guys. Educate yourself to what? This is. It's not about self-determination. It's not about land. It's about coming after the Saturday people first, the Jews, and then the Sunday people, the Christians. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. A very special one-on-one coming to you from our mobile relieffactor.com studios in Tampa, Florida. Relief Factor. It's real. It works. It is liberating over a million Americans right now across the country, me included. But it's not just me. It's also Alicia from California. Just listen to Alicia's story. I'm a grocery store worker and was working doubles during the coronavirus shutdown. At 52 years old, my two bad knees didn't get a rest. I literally limped to and from bed. Two days into relief factor and the pain decreased substantially. So thankful for this amazing product. That should be you. Whether it's your knees, your back, your ankle, your shoulder, whatever it is. If you've tried all the other solutions and they failed you, do what i did order the 3 bit quick start pack right now it'll be at your door in 3 days or less take it morning and evening like i do and i promise you dr g's guarantee by the end of those 3 weeks you will know whether it works for you like it works for me alicia and more than a million of your fellow americans don't you deserve to know I think you do. Call right now, one eight hundred four relief or relieffactor.com. That's one eight hundred four seven three five four three three. 473 5433 or just go to relieffactor.com. You owe it to yourself, relieffactor.com. If you've been listening to this show for the last almost five years, you know I have one message above all else, and it's get engaged. Don't just listen to this radio show. Do something. If you love this country, if you love our civilization, just get engaged. I think, somebody, I think somebody stole the best name for a website with that message. It's called Act for America. Brigitte Gabriel, you've only got a couple of minutes left. What's your message to all those out there who, who love America, who love our civilization, but don't know what to do?
1: Uh, Great question. Watching television, what we're doing right now, that's entertainment. Going to conferences is entertainment. Joining a group like the Republican Party, Tea Party, Libertarian Party, going and hearing a great speaker eating rubber chicken once a month (laughs) and socializing with your friends. That's entertainment. There is a big difference between being effective and being entertained. Effectiveness requires action. That's what the Democrats are so good at. You can stop any 22-year-old socialist nitwit and tell him, tell me about socialism. He can't even tell you why they are a socialist, but by golly, they are engaged and they are active. So we at Act for America, and I encourage everyone to go to actforamerica.org right now. What we do is we monitor bills coming down, for a vote on the federal level and the state level. We even introduce bills on the federal level and the state level. We send you an email, an action alert. When you sign up to receive our emails, and action alerts. We tell you this bill, H.R. 4567, whatever the number is, sponsored by so-and-so, is about this. Make sure you send an email to your elected official. We give you their pictures. With one click, an email pops up. We already have the email written for you. You don't even have to think what to write. With with one click, your signature goes on it and it goes directly to your elected official. Uh, we give you a petition to sign. We have a, a social media post prepared for you professionally by our graphic artist. With one click, it posts the message not only on your uh, 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 Facebook page or Twitter or whatever, but it's also on theirs. We give you tweets to put out and then we give you their phone number with a script so you don't even have to think what, to say. You can literally read the script off the computer. In under two minutes, you can take action that will make a difference for the country. And we make it so easy for you. It doesn't matter whether you have one job, two jobs, three jobs. Everybody takes a bathroom break. Everybody has a cell phone with them when they go to the bathroom. Click, click, click. You can take action while you are on your break in under two minutes. We made it Uh, simple. Everybody can take action.
0: Um... That tired me out. I need a break now. (laughs) All right. Amazing. She's a role model for us all. She's a role model for us all. Go right now to act for America. That went by too fast. We shall continue. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You've been listening to a very special one-on-one wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Now more than ever, watch your six, hold the line, never give up, never give in, and stay frosty.
2: This is America First with Sebastian Gorka.
0: Well, 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 it's great to be back in the chair, in the swamp, in our studio for America First. After two days in Florida, thank you to everybody uh, at the local station, The Answer in Tampa, for hosting me, Mike Gallagher, and Dennis Prager. And it was so great to meet hundreds of you yesterday for our event. Um, But you know what? It's a kind of bittersweet thing because... I couldn't be here for the rally. 300,000 patriots in Washington, D.C. to stand with Israel. It's needed now more than ever. Why? Because there are people out there who are flacking, who are hacks for the terrorists, for the murderers. And this is how you deal with them. It's a viral video. A little reminder.
3: So I've spent I've spent my life debating people whenever someone whenever someone starts using personal names and screaming like a lunatic They're losing the debate. Let me remain factual. You're the one First who all, s- made up things The Palestinians, the on Palestinians, the Palestinians the, the Palestinians were offered a state in 1936 in the Peel Commission. They rejected it. They were offered a state in 1947, the U.N. partition plan. They rejected it. They were offered a state in 1967 after Israel conquered Judea and Samaria in the West Bank. They rejected it. They were offered a state in 2000, Yasser Arafat, and Barak. They rejected it. They were offered a state with Ehud Omer in 2008. They rejected it. They have—Israel the unilaterally withdrew from Gaza in 2005, and they did not create a state. In fact, where were you, Cenk, when you say that you care about— Palestinian children when Hamas stole the highest rate of per capita international foreign aid, larger than the Marshall Plan, from Palestinian children, did not build schools for them, did not build hospitals, took all the money to buy bombs and to build a network of tunnels, which is larger than the the New York subway system. Where were you then? Why did you only come up now? In fact, when Bashar al-Assad killed 600,000 children, Arab children, when he gassed them with mustard gas, my organization took out full-page New York Times, ads to protect them from sarin gas. Where were you then? You don't care about Arab children. You are a Jew hater defined as someone who only Shut wants to lie up. and say that the Jews you are genocidaires. And racist. don't try to cancel me and say that I shouldn't be on. You're not a producer of this show.
0: When they shout at a rabbi live on television that he's a bigot, I think you've won the argument. We've been chasing him down all over the globe since since that viral interview with Cenk Yuger, and we finally connected. A good friend of America First, Rabbi Shmuley, welcome back to the Salem News Network.
2: Thank you, Sebastian. Thank you for having me. And God bless you for your friendship with Israel and the Jewish
0: people. Well, uh, now more than ever, because we said for 70 years, never again. And sadly, it did happen again. Let Let me start. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the interview and how important it is to push back on, on the lies and the haters. But can I ask you a question that, that's been kind of vexing me since yesterday? It seems, you know, five weeks too late but does almost a third of a million Americans in the nation's capital is that a start of something good? Can we at least celebrate that or is it a little too 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 little too late
2: oh no it's it's amazing the The Jews have not been visible in their support for Israel yeah. And Jewish disability, and not just the Jews, there's evangelical Christians, there's uh, gosh, there's atheists and agnostics who tremendously support the freedom, democracy, and human rights that Israel represents in the Middle East. We need to see them out in the street because, you know, as Richard Nixon famously said, there's a silent majority, and the silent majority supports Israel. And the silent majority wants to see Israel, uh, America's greatest ally, thrive. They don't want to see Israeli civilians. Uh, slaughtered, babies decapitated, whole families burned alive. I went to the killing field of southern Israel near Gaza. I was there two weeks ago. I saw Sebastian uh, congealed blood, and it congealed to three to four inches. I saw the cribs filled with blood. And by the way, people have already denied, family have denied the Holocaust. They've already denied yeah. the atrocities of Israel experience. So it's not too little. It's not too late. 300,000 is the largest Jewish demonstration in American history. But I will say, it is too little insofar as it was mostly Jews who were there yesterday, and I'm really calling upon all of the Jewish people's allies, our Christian brothers and sisters, uh, our American patriot brothers and sisters, who understand that Israel is the great bastion, of it, you know, to, uh, to use um, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's words, the great citadel of democracy in the Middle East, come out and support Israel, be vocal.
0: We're talking to Rabbi Shmuley Boteach. You can follow him at shmuley.com. That's S-H-M-U-L-E-Y. He's the author of several works, Good Morning, Judaism for Everyone, Hating Women, and the Broken American Male. Uh, Yesterday I had uh, my friend Dennis Prager on the show, and he talked about he had an idea about putting a mezuzah, that everyone in America, uh, Jew or not, should put the little silver mezuzah scripture holder on the frame of their door. Uh, in an act of solidarity. I love that idea. Can I ask your advice, Rabbi? What, what do we do with the, with our secular brethren here in America? Because I know 92% of the Orthodox Jewish community voted for President Trump. They understand who the most philo-Semitic president since 1948 is, and it was my former boss. But we see, we see secular Jews who, who seemingly don't understand the threat, don't support Israel. I showed the video of a girl, a student at Boston University, who was ripping down the posters of the kidnapped children, was challenged by somebody who filmed her. And at the end of this challenge, she said, Oh by the way, I'm Jewish. So what what do we do with those here, Americans, who think that they they believe the, the 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 occupation, propaganda, and everything else. Is there any hope for them, Rabbi?
2: Well, you know, Sebastian, when you take a community like ours, you subject it to so much hatred in 2,000 years. Many Jews will internalize that hatred, yeah. and they will become self-hated. They'll start thinking to themselves, maybe there really is something wrong with us. Everywhere I go, they hate me. Instead of... The opposite being true, of learning how to fight back, of learning to develop, to develop pride, to push back against the hatred. I really believe in a movement of Jewish power that basically states that we Jews are better than no one else, but we're no we're not worse than anyone else. We will not always be on the defensive. We're not going to be put in the defendant's chair. Oh, you Jews are genocidal. No, we're not genocidal. Israel's an apartheid state. No, we're not an apartheid state. This is all hoax and it's all garbage. By the way, if I can relate it... To our conversation right now. One of the reasons that I jumped at doing this interview, even though as you said, I've been traveling a lot. I was just in Israel for two weeks. Our son, who's an IDF soldier, got married during the war. We have another son, another IDF soldier. Uh, Both of them are in the the fight right now. And then I went to the Vatican to work, God willing, on a statement, I hope, that will come from Pope Francis and the Holy See, strongly supporting Israel and condemning the violence and the uh, the barbarism of Hamas. But I jumped at doing your interview, for beyond your great friendship with the Jewish community and your incredible reach, I jumped at doing the interview because when you were in the White House, when you were falsely accused of anti-Semitism, and I know so many people who were the most pro-Israel of all, Donald Trump himself, who were accused of anti-Semitism. So the Trump administration was the most pro-Israel administration in American history. I, have to, I don't have to go through the whole laundry list of what President Trump did for Israel. Think about the fact that you— president trump i could go through the whole list who were actually accused of being people who had no sympathy for the jewish people when you guys were fighting for israel every single day we saw a total reversal during the trump administration of the united nations hostility to israel the u.n exists for no other reason than to issue condemnations against israel we saw a total reversal of 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 media attacks on israel because trump came along and said you know what False news. It's fake. I just finished, as I'm speaking to you, I'm in London, I just finished a debate on Pearson Morgan Live, uh, a follow-up to the one that you aired uh, partially, um, and it was against a, a guy named Mohammed Hijab. He's a real Islamist. Yes. Does he, to hear the stuff that these people say about us Jews... Uh, by the way, he had an, a strange and inordinate fascination with Jewish sexual practices that came up in the debate <laughs> that was so bizarre, I don't know how it got into... Uh, I mean, truly, truly, truly weird.
0: But Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi we're up against yeah. a hard break. Can we keep you yeah, over yeah, yeah. for one more segment? Sure. All right. Sure. Wonderful. Okay. Stand by. We will continue. I want to hear what happened in the follow-up in the Piers Morgan show. We're talking to the most famous rabbi in America. Yes, that's what Washington Post and Newsweek calls him, Rabbi Shmuley. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. If you want to support the people of Israel, please go to this website right now, healthcareforisrael.org slash donate. That's for the Benai Zion Hospital. You are saving lives with your donations. That's healthcareforisrael.org slash donate. We'll be back with the most famous rabbi here on America First.